to the Midweek Geek Speak. I'm your host, Haley, and this is my co-host. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Incredible. I thought, uh, for a second, I thought co-host was like like a like a, a word for sidekick and i was about to be offended but then i realized no those are like yeah. equal standing titles we are co-hosts yeah that is, that is that is what the prefix co means wow how's everybody doing amazing i, I was gonna take a red bull before <laughs> this and i'm starting to think i probably should have i have coffee here <laughs> what it's a very cold dreary tuesday it is a dreary tuesday i had to think about that for a second like, <laughs> covid has affected my like memory and also, like, my timeline in regards to just what day of the week is it? Wait, that happened an actual month ago, not a week ago? Just, like, what's what's a good... Oh, temporal awareness. There you go. Yeah. Using the big words. <laughs> <laughs> SAT vocab over here. Yeah, nope. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yeah, please, no more standardized tests. No, God. I'm the meme from The Office. The, no, God, why? No. <laughs> I have not seen The Office. Oh. I know. I haven't seen a lot of popular TV shows. I mean, that's fair. I don't blame you. Watching through Mandalorian, and that's about it. See, you're doing more than me. <laughs> I have not started that. Please don't come for me. So. <laughs> I won't release any spoilers. Oh, thanks. I mean, I know about Baby Yoda, but apparently Baby Yoda's not a baby. Like, Baby Yoda's 50. Or something? I don't know. Is he? I mean, yeah. <laughs> All my friends watching are like, I can't believe it. So it is a little spoiled for me, but that's okay. Yeah, that's like that's actually like the biggest like plot twist in the story. So you pretty much might as well not watch the show. That's kind of how I feel yeah. about it, to be it's, honest. Like, it definitely doesn't pop up like episode two. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like maybe this is a hot take. I like Star Wars, don't get me wrong. But that is a hot take. <laughs> <You're right. laughs> but, like, I'm not crazy about it. I've never been like, oh, my God, the lore. Like, no. <laughs> but I will tell you, I think it's because I was raised watching um, Star Trek mm-hmm. with my non every day. Like, Ooh. that was more of my focus. So, and she loved Star Wars, too. But my family just loved Star Trek so much more. So, anyways... Uh, for today's topic, we really wanted to dive into doing uh, some background about us and our research that we've done. So, I mean, Garrison, do you want to take it away with yours? General experiences for people who are interested in doing that stuff. Yeah, I mean, especially being in STEM fields, whether it's undergrad or grad school, you're going to be most likely doing a lot of research and the university we're at is predominantly so like its focus is on research. So that's also probably why we're just so research heavy. So, yeah. Well, I guess like, wait, am I doing what it is about or my general impressions of research? Whatever you prefer, and I'll follow. Word. I mean, I guess I'll dive into just like overall. I remember when I was growing up, I thought research was going to be like, I want to do research for the rest of my life. It's the coolest thing ever. It's going to be so much fun. And like, honestly, it's so rewarding and I love it. And I still really enjoy it, but I've come to accept that a lot of the steps in the research process are not very fun. Like, uh, (laughs) I hate scientific writing. Yes. (laughs) Oh my God. I will do it and it's rewarding and it's nice to like, be like, oh, look, I made that and be able to share like your, your findings and everything. That's huge. However, I do not enjoy the process of like drafting a manuscript. Yeah, it's pretty terrible. Yeah. <laughs> Not gonna lie. 
and just I don't know maybe it's just because I'm not the strongest writer but especially when you're trying to summarize and conclude all your findings at the end of it and make it sound like you know what you're talking about and <laughs> at least from my end a lot of it's like inconclusive like <laughs> it's annoying <laughs> but you gotta make it sound fancy yes and that's the hardest part i'm yeah. like i don't know what i'm doing like <laughs> i always love the twitter posts where it's like how do i like how do i say like bust tables on a business resume yes <laughs> and they're like assisted in the execution of <laughs> removal of dishware and pro- like proper sanitation of yes you oh know dishware and services it's like it's a good that's that's that is scientific writing a lot of it yeah also honestly nothing makes me more crazy on a slight tangent than writing resumes yeah something that everyone should take a class in is how to make a resume especially for college like <laughs> Yeah, well, that's the thing is, like, we ju- like we do a basic resume freshman year mm-hmm. in our major, and then our capstone senior year, we make a resume. But honestly, I think junior year is the ideal time to have students take a class on it. Yeah. Like, because senior year, like, by the time I got to this resume class, I was already applied to my grad schools. Yeah. Like, by the time, they were like, build a resume for this assignment. So I just sent in my CV, because, like, I had to build this, like, a year ago, but... Yeah, that's a good point. So, that's a good segue. You're, did you end up telling them any of your research for grad school applications? Oh, like, yeah, I talked with uh, the professors. The way entomology works is you reach out to the professor first, and then after they're like, I like you. I'm interested in bringing you on. <laughs> then you can, you apply. Uh, they don't have to, like, be dead set on you. They can have it narrowed down to, like, six people. But it's good to have like professors that are interested in you before you send in your application. Because if you don't, then you're just sending in your application and hoping one of the professors just sees it and is like, oh, this person looks cool. And <laughs> That's then, fair. <laughs> yeah. And then accepting you. So reach out to you, reaching out to your professors first is huge. But it depends on field, though. Yeah. My friend's going for chemical engineering and it's the opposite. Oh. Yeah, the, you, like, you do not talk to your professors at all before you apply. You need to be applied before you reach out to them. That's so interesting how it's so different. Oh, yeah. So do your research into your specific field. Yeah. Because there's a lot of little nuances like that. Mm-hmm. And honestly, by research, I mean talk to a professor because you're not going to just find this stuff on a wiki how. No. <laughs> depending on the field. So Garrison, yeah. why don't you tell me about your research that you've done? I feel like I've... I feel bad I've been talking too long. No, I mean, <laughs> unless you want me to start with my research. Why don't you start it off? Because I've right. been given a lot of hot takes. I mean, I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, so obviously I've been in school for quite a bit now. <laughs> and in my what? field especially. What crazy? I'm only what? 24 and I'm still an undergrad, but that's fine. Um, I changed my major halfway through and it's been a time. Because I really thought I wanted to be an engineer. Plot twist, I really didn't. What engineer um, were you going for? <laughs> I wanted to be a biomedical engineer. Oh, really? I never told you this? No. Oh I, my god, I wanted I to be a biomedical engineer, engineer, which is crazy hard. It is very and hard. And I wanted to make prosthetics for wounded veterans. Like, that was my whole thing. Dang, that's a very specific goal. I know. Well, I had veterans in my family, so I was like, I'm gonna help people and it just, it was not enough momentum or drive (laughs) because, God, it was so annoying. Uh, All the classes for any engineers out there, like, bless your heart and soul, could never 
Uh, I just study clouds now, and I'm a lot happier. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so my main degree is under the umbrella for geography, and obviously geography has multiple different subcategories. So I've had to do research in all of them, even though I am an atmospheric science major, like a physical geographer. Um, which I think they make you do just so like still, even though your degree is in geography, you're well-versed, um, which I appreciate, but also do not because <laughs> some of the research I've had to do is just really a waste of my time to be quite frank. Like research you've had to do or like classes you've had to take? Both because uh. in my major, it's so small that if we really want a research gig, we'll do anything. Uh. So we, all of our professors in our entire building will always send out a mass email saying, hey, like I need someone to do like data analysis for this. <laughs> you know, it's a really easy gig. I'll pay you. So I was oh. always like, yes, sign me up, buttercup. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I've done the weirdest research and like some of the coolest research. Like I've done research helping one of my professors. I think I mentioned it before. Mm-hmm. Um, the one who did all the glacial coring. I had to help yeah. her with her data analysis. And that was cool. That's even really though cool. I was crunching numbers and wanted to like go cross-eyed by the end of it because <laughs> I was just so tired of looking at an Excel spreadsheet. Um, yep, yep. I've done stuff on sea level rise. Again, a lot of it was data crunching. Um, Some of the weirder topics I did was like studying the demographics behind WIC users. You know what WIC stands for? No. So WIC is basically food stamps for women who have infants or childs. Childs. Ah. Children. What? (laughs) What? Childs. I swear to God. We're scientists. (laughs) I really am, though. I am so not savvy with English, like, at all, except for writing poetry. Like, that's it. (laughs) Just that specific category. I just can't speak. Why did I start a podcast? Speaking is hard. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways. um, So, you know, my one professor was really trying to focus on her research with WIC users Mm -hmm. to see, like, if they were even able to get to places that only accepted WIC. Because there's still a lot of grocery stores that really don't. And a lot of the ones that do, especially at least here in the state we live in, not to give that away, I guess, um, there's not a lot of public transportation <laughs> that's accessible. They're going to track us down. <laughs> They're collecting information on our location. Yeah, I mean, I don't care. but uh. I think we mentioned a college we went to at some point. Oh, rip. Might have. <laughs> If so, whatever. Yeah, in Delaware. There's no real public transportation. Um, There is technically, like, the DART buses, but they don't go to, like, grocery stores. Oh, yeah. I always thought Delaware was decent about that. No. They are, I will say, they are up here because I think of Wilmington, right? Mm. Like, Wilmington, Newark especially is huge. So a lot of the bus stops, yes, are, like, in common areas where, like, it's kind of like a plaza that has a grocery store. But especially where I'm from downstate. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> like, the DART bus has two stops in Sussex County, where I'm from, at least. Oh, in Sussex County. I was yeah, like, and, like, the one of, of the... Bus? Yeah, the bus stop in Lewis doesn't have a grocery store anywhere near it. It has a hardware store. Thank God. Yeah, oh, they can go to Lowe's, <laughs> yeah, and use their WIC points. No. Who um, needs food when you have ceiling tiles? Yeah. Wait. <laughs> well. Are there... Is that a thing? I don't... Hmm. ceiling tiles yeah like the the little i feel like that's oh the okay word. yes yeah okay yeah i, 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 I like gotta saying. do a double take there because <laughs> i'm like wait tile floor floor not ceiling floor not and ceiling. then like... oh my god <laughs> but yeah um so i had to help her use a lot of gis um which is also something that's very big in my um my degree gis stands for geographic information system 
It's a computer coding software that you can use to map out demographics based on like really whatever you want. And that's going to come up later in the actual research that I liked and I did. Um, it's all like helpful in like every field. Literally any like... field. For, did you know Disney used it for Zootopia and Big Hero really? 6? Oh, yeah. Why uh, is it just the, everywhere? I'm going to become an animator, guys. Honestly, Set in stone. That'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> I wouldn't be mad. That'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, so you can use a 3D modeling aspect of GIS, which is something I have not learned. <laughs> and you can layer cities on top of cities, which is exactly what they did in Big Hero 6 when they made San Francisco. They literally took Tokyo and San Francisco, <laughs> merged them on top of each other like a sandwich, and then drew over it. So they had certain stores that were true to both places. See, that's what I mean where it's like lazy people always have like find like the efficient ways to get it done. Because oh, yeah. that's such a lazy move. And so smart. so smart because so smart. the end result is like more accurate, mm -hmm. easier, takes less time. It looked beautiful. Oh, yeah. Like, and that's also what they did with Zootopia. They just took a lot of the main like metropolitan cities and just went bloop, put them on top of each other, <laughs> drew it out to like Genius. scale, especially for certain animals, like, you know, like a little hamster town or I don't know. I guess they were You're hamsters. Me hamster town doesn't exist. No. <laughs> Is that what it was called? It's with, like, the mice. You the know? mob. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? When a Judy's running through with the donut and whatever. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and she, like, compliments the mob mice. boss's daughter. Yes. They yeah. were they were mice. Yeah, I think I they were like mice. mice. Right. Like rats. That's what I'm trying to think. Are they I don't rats think they or were hamsters. Mice? I don't think they were hamsters. We're going to say mice. I don't know. I feel like mice is a safe bet. They were tiny. Yeah, they were tiny. You know, that's my they thing. I feel like lads. rats are bigger. That's our bigger. Yeah. Rats can get huge. Look oh. up New York City rats. They're folks. crazy. <laughs> like, oh my they were God. like cannibalizing each other during COVID. Oh. Like, rat wars were breaking out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing is because when you. Rat wars might be an over exaggeration, but they were literally like ganging up on each other and killing each other because you have this species that's become like its carrying capacity is limited by like the influx of food yeah so it has found a balance in its population based on how much like urban waste is created that they can feed on mm. and then COVID happened and then all that urban waste was just like gone like you, they're no longer getting all that street food and stuff wow so I... their food mm. supply crashed and they just all were starving to death and just started warring on each other and eating each other <laughs> that's very interesting to think of like New York City being a prime ecosystem for rats. <laughs> yeah. But like it is. <laughs> it is. They're they're chilling. Oh god, that's so wild. Seagulls I'm pretty sure were a little less gruesome. I think they found that a lot of seagulls just went back to fishing. Probably. But they had to stop being lazy and depending on fries <laughs> from thrashers down in Rehoboth. Yeah. God. <laughs> Love birds, but Yeah, well of still. course you do. Um I got wing punched by one for my subway sandwich what yeah like <laughs> they they mcdonald's made a reflective fry casing to like blind seagulls as they swooped in to get your fries what like the casing was like shiny silver and would reflect light in the seagull's eyes because they're so aggressive like they won't they it doesn't matter like they don't wait for you to drop it they charge you oh my so god So i was literally eating a sandwich and it like <clears throat> did a drive-by hit me in the back of the head with its wing i dropped my sandwich it grabbed it and bolted what? Yeah. That's insane. Australia's wild. I told you, that reminds me, freshman year here, 
you know how crazy the squirrels are here, right? Yeah. I think it's just a thing that college campus squirrels are a little insane. Every college claims their squirrels are crazier than everyone else's. No, no. But it's just college Have you squirrels. ever had a squirrel jump out of a trash can and steal your fucking bagel <laughs> out of your hand? I don't think so. Because that to happened to me. Were you about to throw it away? No, I was just walking with my friend after I... Because, okay, you're not supposed to take food out of the... Uh, the dining hall, but I definitely did. Say out of a trash can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you're not supposed to take food out of the trash can. Not a raccoon. Not that difficult of a concept, Ellie. Oh my god, no. I was talking to my friend after we left the dining hall and we snuck food out because we were freshmen. That's what you do. Yeah, and we... This is the way. I don't know why we stopped by a trash can, probably just because we were talking to someone else. So I was holding the bagel with cream cheese like it was just one half of it in my right hand which i guess was just close enough to this trash can it wasn't like i was holding it inside of the trash can but all of a sudden the squirrel like climbs out of it i didn't think anything of it i was just like wow i'm pretty close to squirrel but anyways kept talking to my friend and no joke the squirrel went thank you very much and like took the bagel out of my hand I was so shook, the squirrel just looked at me and went, cool, and, like, ran and bolted <laughs> on two sure, feet. You made sure it was okay. You, like, paused the second was like, we're good? <laughs> cool. Yeah, no, I'm not touching that squirrel. What if it has rabies? <laughs> Absolutely not. Actually, yeah, that is fair. Rabies is not to be messed with. No. <laughs> it's a mess. Because, like, the rabies shot is way better, like, preventative than getting it after the fact. But also, it's, like... I'm pretty sure it's, like, pretty painful. That's what I There heard. was something with it where it's not something you want to just get if you don't have to. <laughs> That's like, fair. It's not like a flu shot. Um, and also, like, the only way to tell if an animal has rabies, like, for sure, is to literally, like, dissect their brain. Like, you need to kill the animal to tell oh. if it has rabies. Jeez. For at least 100%. You can, like, yeah. go, like, based off of, like, some signs. Ooh. So if you get bit by something and you didn't catch it, then you pretty much have to get the rabies shot because it's like you can't run the risk of like, spreading. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Oh. You, I don't, you can't run the risk of just like getting it because it can be deadly. Well, yeah. I was gonna say you could just die. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. <laughs> there's a, there's a solution. Yeah, really. It's an easy one, I guess. <laughs> like, <I'm> sorry. <laughs> God. With rabies, it is though. Rabies is is nasty. But yeah. Oh, don't no. touch wild animals. No. Unless Absolutely. it's a bug. Oh, see, I was gonna say unless it's a deer, but that's still not. <laughs> um. Yeah, I, I, I mean, would probably run the risk of and touch a deer if I had the opportunity. I mean, I almost like subconsciously took a pet, took a pet, petted. Took a pet. Would you say I petted? You stole a pet. I stole a pet. You know what? We're gonna run with it. I stole a pet from a fox. I almost what? did. Did I not tell you? Okay. No, why? I'm so sorry. This podcast is just us realizing we've never shared these stories. Honestly, um, we'll get back to research. I was outside. <laughs> yeah, we'll get back to research. Um, this is funnier. So. I was outside. This was my junior year, senior year. Okay. I was outside talking to my mom on the phone. And it's because, like, my roommates were all inside. I, I at the time, lived in an apartment with five other people. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. So if I wanted some peace of quiet, I had to go outside to talk. And we were all, like, chatty girls. So I am sitting on, like, the ledge to, next to the door of my apartment complex. And people had dogs around us. Like, that was not uncommon. Sometimes they had long leashes. Some of them didn't. I didn't care. But I was talking to my mom on the phone about something. And I see in my peripheral, like, a small dog come up and, like, 
on the ledge, like jump up on the ledge to sniff my leg. And so I'm thinking it's someone's dog. So I'm talking to my mom as I'm like lowering my hand. And then I turn down with my hand to like see the dog I'm petting. And it's a fucking fox. What? Yeah. They're so shy though. Yeah, I know. But this one was injured and I think that's why. And I didn't notice until he like hobbled away. (laughs) No. Yeah. He didn't have a back leg. Like it was just gone. I was oh, like, was how did gone. you, how did you, were you born? Was it bleeding or anything? No. And so, like, as I watched it walk away, like, a little awkward, I was like, okay, so you weren't just recently hurt, but, like, were you born it's, that way? How'd like... you survive? Because this was not a small yeah, fox. Maybe he was rehabilitated, which is why he's friendly toward people. Like, maybe that's why? Yeah. That's and a good point. What probably happened was, like, maybe he got injured, was taken to a rehabilitation center, they amputated the leg, they healed him up, he got really used to people and friendly around them, they did a release of him, and now he's just like, oh, people are good, they helped. Yeah. I'm still bitter I didn't actually pet him, because I literally almost did it, that I was like, (gasps) and I was just talking to my mom, like, what do I do in this situation? uh, You never know if, like, you went for the pet, and it went for the bite. Exactly. And it's like, oh, I put her on FaceTime, and then she just, like, because he was just chilling there for a while with us, like, he was just giving me a little snell. And was like, who are you? And then, like, <laughs> sat next to me, like, down under the ledge. That's wild. While I just FaceTimed my mom, because she's like, I want to see the fox. Show me the fox. <laughs> so, yeah, and then when he hobbled away, I was like, oh, he's hurt. Wait, what? Like, that was yeah. when I had the whole, like, I don't understand how this just happened. Does not compute. Is this a weird fever dream in the middle of the night? I that don't is know. wild. Yeah. But no, yeah, definitely advice for all y'all out there. Whatever a wild animal is doing with you not touching it, that does not mean it is going to continue doing that once you lay any finger on it. Correct. Like, an animal could be, like, the most chill, relaxed thing ever, and any physical contact just triggers a I-need-to-kill-you response. At cats. At cats. (laughs) Like, there's a trend. Have you seen all these videos of people, like, touching sea lions? No. It's like, I swear it's, like, trending or something, because I've seen, like, three on my feed. Of people walking up to, like, sleeping sea lions and then, like, petting it. And then the sea lion's, like, sleeping. But once it, like, gets pet, it flips the fuck out. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. Because they're like, oh, it's so chill. It's just sleeping. I'll just give it a little pet. Why would that be a thought? You got, I don't know. One, they're called sea lions for a reason. Uh, Yeah. Not to be messed with. Especially, like, the males when they're defending their, uh, their harem. Yeah. Uh, is that the right word? Yeah, that's so. the right word. I'll trust you, wildlife <laughs> major. I've heard harem used scientifically. But, um, yeah, and, like, they these are wild animals, so it's like they might be chill on the dock sleeping. But when you live in the wild, when something touches you, normally it means bad news. Yeah. Like, nothing just, like, tends to touch you and just be like, hey, what's up? How's it going? How's it going? <laughs> you know? Like, How are the kids? Yeah. It's been you a know? while. <laughs> I haven't seen you, you know, I haven't seen you around the, like, bingo party oh God, these last couple of weeks, you know? Is Frank like, doing well? <laughs> you know, yeah, so, no, that doesn't happen. Yeah, when something touches you, <laughs> and uh, when you're, let's say, like, a male, like, when something, t- it's not like a female is going to come up and touch you. You go after the female, normally. Uh, yeah, let's be real. <laughs> that, that tends to be how the animal kingdom works. So, okay, the thing that is touching you is not interested in mating. It is, like, not just, like, a friendly hello. It's either an accident or it's aggressive. Yeah. So obviously your response is going to be to flip out. Yeah. I mean, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Why would... 
People are so dumb. People are so dumb. Sorry to anyone out there that's pet a sea lion recently, but no, not sorry. I hope you learned from your mistakes. Yeah, I hope you still have your hand, but still. Oh my god. Normally they dive into the water is what I've been seeing. They just like flip out and bolt. I mean, that's better than the alternative. Yeah, So better flight than fight. Yeah, really. So anyway, your research. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, did we finish talking about shares? We were talking about like the little projects you've done. Because you... you, Just little projects, yeah. Well, I'm saying like you tend to do like a lot of smaller amounts of time with more projects than... Yeah. At least the like the the ones you've been... Yeah, the two biggest research projects that I've ever done... One was the one that I did when you also had yours through uh, Summer Scholars. Yeah, Mine we was like... funded by Upscore, though. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I don't I was remember. Funded... Was yours just Summer Scholars? Yeah, the Summer Scholars Fellowship. Yeah. And then, um, so my research with Upscore was on artisanal mining in Ghana and how that affects climate change vulnerabilities along the coastline and other regions in Africa. It's a really cool topic. Yeah, but also like, God, it's as boring as it sounds. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't pick the topic. A teacher of mine from my capstone was like, hey, I like your project because a lot of it was focused on air quality with um, artisanal mining. They use mercury. I think I've touched on this before. Hmm. Don't remember if I did with you or not. But they use mercury and artisanal mining as a binding agent, especially for things like gold. And especially because, you know, raw mercury, reasonably priced, is pretty cheap. Mm. And it's easy to get out there, so they'll just get it. Um, When they have all the little tiny nuggets of gold, they will have them all clumped together in a little ball of mercury. And then they'll light it on fire, and it's a quick burn, and it fuses the gold together in a single nugget. Really? Yes. So it's a good way. If you have a bunch of little tiny grains of gold, you get to mold it together, light it on fire. It literally takes a... And it's fused. So it sounds easy, right? What's wrong with it? Well, obviously, if it's easy, it's probably bad. That tends to be how things go. Yeah. So mercury in its raw state, obviously, I'm not promoting to, like, go and ingest mercury to find out. But, like, reasonably, if you ingested mercury like that... It's not going to kill you because your body's not going to absorb all of it reasonably with your digestive system. It most it will probably come out the exact same way it went in, but you will still absorb about, I think it's like in the raw state, you absorb t- like 10 to 15% of it that way. Okay. So here's the thing. I'll take those odds. Yes. At least <laughs> me trying to remember my research, that is. Um, but when you fumigate, like when you create... It's called methylmercury, which is when it's becoming an aerosol in the air. It, The absorption rate increases up to like 90%. Ooh. And it's more lethal and toxic because it's going straight into your lungs if you're breathing it in. And you don't even have to eat it. Yes. You just... It goes straight into your blood system because it's going breathing. in through your airway ah. and through the capillaries. And it can affect Um, things like your eyesight. It can make you go blind. If you're pregnant and you have a child, it can cause a lot of birth defects. Um, Obviously, it can cause issues with your lung capacity. It can cause other issues, not just mercury poisoning. Um, You know, a lot of people ended up, uh, especially children, like it caused significant issues with neurological damage. It it was crazy. Um, And a lot of women that were pregnant doing this, because again, it's artisanal mining it's small scale mining yeah so any and everyone is doing this in like the smaller clans and villages um unfortunately when pregnant women do it though like 
nine times out of ten, their baby's going to be born with a very significant, profound defect, mm-hmm. or they're just going to have stillborns. Yeah. Like, there, there really is now, unfortunately, no alternative to that. Like, that's kind of how it's just become. And they have to work to make money. So it's really this incredibly harmful process that they're working as often as they can doing this thing that's not just incredibly lethal to them, but also the environment. Because when you have methylmercury in the air as an aerosol, it's one of those few aerosols, like a lot of fossil fuels that we talk about with greenhouse gases. Mm -hmm. Um, They are very highly reflective and absorbent aerosols. Meaning that they not only reflect back, <laughs> like, the different radiations that come from our sun, but they'll absorb them. So, like, what? okay, this sounds very odd. I know it's a very weird concept. So, if this... You guys cannot see. Garrison, this is my hand, right? Okay, this is a is single particle if I'm just holding attest. my hand. So, the top part of my hand is going to absorb the different radiation from the sun that's given, like, gamma, whatever. The bottom part of my hand that's facing down towards the surface of the earth, hypothetically, that's going to have the bouncing reflective properties. Okay, so different parts of the particle are reflective, different parts of the particle are absorbent. Yes, it's almost like 50-50. So the top aspect tends to be very highly absorbent, which is bad because it's going to store all that radiation and then spit it back out underneath. (laughs) And the bottom part's already reflective. So then all the radiation that bounces back and forth is just going to keep bouncing and not escaping. Oh, that just feels like, like, that feels like someone purposely designed that as just a fuck you. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, like it's a, like part wild. of it's a mirror, you know what yeah. I mean? So that's the issue behind certain types of aerosols like that, because it it's really impacting our climate change. Yeah, I could see how. <laughs> yeah, like, we don't even need to worry about the ozone having a hole in it in that case, you know? Yeah, <laughs> it's just, it's pretty bad. But again, because it's a quick, easy way to make money, and also the gold industry, just like with any real mining or fracting industry, is pretty corrupt. <laughs> like, they already know that this is an issue, and they do not care. Because, at the end of the day, they're making millions of dollars, and they're taking advantage of these lower impoverished places, like in Africa, which is where it's horrifically <sighs> bad, and... They're really manipulating all these people, thinking like, oh, we're going to pay you all this money, and they really don't at all. So when I did that research, I did use GIS to map out the different demographics. I focused not just on gold, that was my main one, but I did gold, copper mining, and coal mining, uh, and talked about the different effects, but gold had the most significant one when it came to especially issues with mercury usage. Um... And that, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, it was very interesting research, but oh God, (laughs) there were so many days during that summer where (laughs) I was just bored out of my mind having to learn like, ah, yes, mercury usage is bad. It can contaminate water and the soil and people. Yeah. What else? Like that was it. (laughs) So sad. Um, A lot of research, even like the most interesting research projects normally have some grunt work. They really do. Someone's got to do it. That's usually why people pay people like me, because <laughs> yeah, I'll do it. Normally, that's the undergrads. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to be a professor. So, so I can, you can pay other people so to do So I it. have a whole army of undergrads who are willing to do the worst parts of the research process. Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I don't I don't blame you. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the research that I've been doing on my own terms is like a passion project is the water quality one, which is what I've been heavily depending on GIS work for. Um, I've been trying to study the correlation uh, as a concept between 
different types of infectious diseases and the water types in our state. And something I started really focusing on in the last year or two, I guess, just like as an idea again. Um, I was really trying to focus on different types of cancer and the different types of, you know, is it well water or is it city water where these heavily concentrated aspects of cancer are populated around because I don't know if you know, but cancer is really, really prevalent in Delaware. We're one of the highest states per capita with cancer yeah, cases. I didn't and know deaths. that until you told me about it. But... Yeah, I had no idea until what was that last summer? It was last summer. Yeah, it was not this no, past summer. It was the summer prior. Yeah, yeah, because of Corona, I couldn't meet yeah. the computer lab at all to do any of this research. But yeah, I guess that was two summers ago. Gross. But yeah, that summer I was just curious to see, like you know, like in Delaware. How many cases are there of lung cancer, of different types of cancers, like skin cancer, whatever. And we are very much high up on the charts. Like, we're usually in the top ten, if not the top five. And we're the second smallest state. Like, how? (laughs) It just doesn't make sense. And we have all this coastal area. We really only have, I guess you could argue, maybe two major cities. Wilmington and Dover. But I don't even consider Dover a city. It's just, it has the Air Force Base. It's where the Firefly Music Festival is. Yeah, and Dover Downs are gross. Um, That's about it. But yeah, most of it's pretty, you know, rural and beach lands, especially downstate. Yeah, it's lower, lower. Like, that's Mm -hmm. chicken farms galore. I know, which is its own issue. But (laughs) we love Rest in peace, Chesapeake Bay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we'll run into that another time. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, that's more of like a passion project. Has no real, like end in sight as of right now especially with corona because my laptop cannot support using the main components of gis unless i downloaded all of it and even then it would take up so much rendering power i don't know if my laptop could handle it (laughs) even (laughs) Um, the mac yeah i mean that's what you use it on is macs it's just it's on the mac desktop because you need so much memory yeah didn't even know mac still makes desktops Wow. Okay, Garrison. No. <laughs> Still a hater. But well, no, okay. I, I, that, 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 I'm not even trying to jab at him. I just always see like mobile devices associated with Apple. That's fair. I never really see like Apple desktops. Like every time I see a desktop, it's normally Windows or. That's all that our computer lab has is Apple. Yeah. Wild. Mm-hmm. Our tiny little building has like 30 <laughs> Mac computer desktops in it. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, but they're huge. I love them. Yeah, I wish I would have taken a GIS course. You do and you don't, because it's definitely a skill for anyone curious out there. It's a good skill to have. Will confirm 10 out of 10, would recommend. But it's really, you either love it or you hate it, you know? <laughs> like, there really is no in-between from the people I've talked to. Yeah. I'm the kind of person that, for the most part, I love it. But when I have to do something in a crunch time, that's when I absolutely hate it. Because that's, of course, when it doesn't work out. Um so that's the only downside. I used it for the first time in my uh, habitat management course. Oh, I'm so proud. So How that was, was it? fun. I, it was going great for most of it. Mm-hmm. And then I would just hit a problem and I'd be like, hey, uh, mm-hmm. it's giving me completely wrong numbers on these calculations. Yep. And he's like, okay, can you check this? And I'd tell him, and he's like, can you check this? I'd tell him, he's like, well, everything's right. I don't yep. really know what's why it's inputting those numbers. But. Welcome to GIS, where sometimes <laughs> it just doesn't make any fucking sense. So then I would just like start complete. I would just yep. start over, do the exact same thing, and then it worked. And then it's fine. And then I'm like, okay. Yeah, no, GIS cool. is a beast. 
God, that's an, just... Yeah, GIS and R are like the two... Uh. <laughs> the two towering beasts I need to slay. Or like C++. Oh. I mean, I'm talking about actual coding now. Yeah. Honestly, just go Python. Yes, Python like, is pretty universal, or JavaScript yeah, if you like, really want it. At least in entomology, like, everyone... Mm-hmm. No one's re- not as many people are using C++. Like, the... No coding i always see is everyone's using python well in my major i had to learn about fortran <laughs> fortran yes i don't think i even know what that is it's from the 60s and you oh. shouldn't because it's dumb <laughs> from the 60s the golden age of coding really though and they still use it even though there's things like python and c that are more prevalent and useful in our degrees when it comes to satellite imaging and it's just for some reason, everyone's like, yeah, but, like, this one just works better. And I'm like, does it? Because the coding so. properties behind it are so dumb. Sounds like you just built all your infrastructure around it and did, decided not to make the leap. Pretty much. Yeah, welcome to meteorology and climatology. How are you? <laughs> Hi, how are you? Hi, how are you? <laughs> Actually, that's my major in a nutshell. <laughs> hey, we know this thing doesn't work, but uh, we're pretty comfortable using it. So... We're going to keep using it. That's exactly what it's like. how long they're going to keep using it. Like, I don't know. It's so dumb. One of my old professors like point? still uses it daily. Like, daily, daily. I still have the X terminal on my old computer for it. Uh, <sighs> I hope I never have to do another coding <laughs> process again with that. That's the thing. is, I, I'm quite bad with technology, which is, it's a bad age to be bad at technology. That's fair. Because no matter what an age is in, not my age, age is in time period. Mm-hmm. Because no matter what field you're in, you're probably doing some tech junk. Yeah, like some aspect of some it. Some aspect of it. You're doing, st- like, uh, oh, you're in STEM? You want to, like, go, like, play with bugs and, <laughs> and, and <laughs> Want to go play with you some bugs? play with bugs and animals? Someone said, someone said that. Someone referenced my field as, like, well, like, I know, like they were, like, Oh, yeah, they accidentally said they, like, hate spiders or something to me before they knew I was an entomology major. And they're like, oh, I feel so bad now because I know you, like, now I know you, like, play with bugs and stuff. And, like, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I guess you could. You really do, I guess though. you could boil my major down to play with bugs. That's cool. God. But, uh. Where's the lie, though? <laughs> where is the lie? But, yeah, it's like, oh, no, you, like, statistical analysis, like, our coding is amazing for that and you're either going to learn how to do it or you're going to get a position where someone else is going to do it for you you know yeah that's fair assuming you're going into yeah research <laughs> that's true <laughs> you know if you're like a you know park ranger mm-hmm. I, I don't think you're going to need too much r coding probably not you know they probably have other people doing stuff but yeah all right well you heard about yeah. my research tell me about yours oh what do i do um i play with bugs <laughs> you do no way i know it's what wild. crazy uh, a lot i've actually been considering uh because i'm going into entomology for my master's i'm considering whether i want to do for my phd either entomology or just go general ecology oh i'm sorry before you continue huh so like have you committed anywhere yet since no. we last talked sad still talking still it, talking things are looking good things are looking good that's awesome uh but I really thought you were going for your PhD, not for a master's. No, nah, so I, originally I was considering going straight for the PhD, but every professor I talked to was like, yeah, a couple of people have gone straight to PhD for entomology, but they all either take like eight years or they drop out. Oh. <laughs> they're like, you really, you really oh. should get, because the, they're like, look, like you're, you've got a good amount of experience, but 
you really should get the masters first uh like we that's nothing personal on you we would just suggest that to pretty much everybody oh and i was like that's fair and since i'm not sure whether i want to pivot or not Mm -hmm. uh to general ecology i wouldn't mind getting the masters and it helped beef up my resume for once i do have my phd yeah that's true you know have more research experience to go off of uh but yeah, pretty. because uh, the reason general ecology is because most of my research has revolved around uh, insect, plant, and bird interactions. Either all three of them or two of the three. So like, well, right, I mean, right when I got to undergrad, I, I was not doing that. I was sorting insects under a microscope. I would get a pile of dirt <laughs> in a, uh, I'm sorry, not a pile of dirt. I would get a tube of dirt uh, from like a, uh, oh, what, what's the, what's the funnel called? Breeze? Breeze trap? Sure. I have no idea. There, it's some insect trap where pretty much you uh, take a soil sample, you put it over a screen, uh, you have a tube at the bottom, and then you shine a... It's in a complete like dark uh, container, and then a, there's a light at the top of the container. So the container's completely shut, but there's a light shining from above. And any insects that are in that dirt will be like... I don't like light. That's gross. And they'll burrow down. They'll burrow down. They'll fall through the screen into the ethanol. But a lot of dirt would also get in it. So I would. my job was pretty much sort the insects from the dirt. You know, a very honorable position. <laughs> was that... No. Was that the research where I had to scrub your hands? No, no, no. Oh, no. That's my a fun God. Story. Yeah, you have That's to talk about... That's the next segment of my research, which was uh, bird predation, depending on... Uh, the caterpillar hosting potential of trees. So essentially certain trees host more caterpillar species than others. Oaks in our uh, region host like over 500 species of caterpillar. While if you've got something like, uh, what's a good example? Like uh, pawpaw. Pawpaw hosts, I think it's like 20 or maybe even a little under it. So we were seeing, okay, well, let's look at how the diversity of caterpillars a plant can host compares to the uh, foraging, like the uh, foraging intensity on those trees. So are we going to find that uh, caterpillars are uh, predated on more often or birds forage more frequently on the trees with higher caterpillar diversity? So essentially what that meant was I'd go out with a bunch of clay caterpillars that I'd spend hours making because I have to make like 300 little caterpillar boys and keep them all relatively the same size. I remember making about like 150 of them at Haley's one time while watching Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A friend of ours was just watching Doctor Who, so I just sat at the table and just cranked them out. But we would place them on the different trees, like four per tree and like five trees per species. And uh, if a bird tried to attack it because they thought it was a caterpillar, they'd leave a beak mark. You'd see like the indentation of the beak on it. Uh, because once they'd bite down on it, they'd realize it's not a caterpillar and they'd let go. But you can go off that indentation and count that as a kill. So we did find a significant correlation that um, the tree species with higher caterpillar diversity, such as oaks, had significantly more predation or significantly higher predation rates than the tree species that had less caterpillar diversity. So it was ended up pretty clean results. But originally, uh, our attachment method was with Gorilla Glue. God. <laughs> which... I did not wear gloves. No. It was a hot day. I you didn't, were dumb. <laughs> and I was dumb. And I'm like, uh, it, it literally got to the point where my hands were so coated because at this point I was attaching like 
over like 150. Mm -hmm. uh, my hands just got so coated in glue that I started just applying it with my finger because it, it uh, no, it, like it literally got to the point where it was on my hand so much that I would just like rub it with my finger and then put it down. And I'm like, oh, it's fine. I'll wash it off. I'll figure it out. Yeah, no. Cross that bridge when I get there. No. So I got back and I could not get it off. I just had like a like double thick layer of Gorilla Glue coating my hands. Yeah. So, so Haley saved. So Garrison ends up, I think he texted me. I, was, I don't I, remember how I was talking to me. I was talking to a mutual friend of ours and I think you were like oh yeah I was talking to a mutual friend of ours and they were like what's going on with your hands and I told them and oh, they were like Sierra yeah yeah uh, I don't know if we're allowed to say people's uh, names whatever. whatever we've literally a, said the state we live in so. okay that's fair <laughs> yeah so what's I was up, talking Sierra? to Sierra and I was sup Sierra I was talking to Sierra and she was like what happened to your hands and I told her and she's like are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'll worry about it later. Lies. <laughs> and then she's like, okay. And I didn't know this. She texted Haley. Yeah, that's right. Because, uh, like, she asked me, like, do you need help? And I was like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. So she made the right call and went behind my back yep. <laughs> and texted Haley, which, honest, like, was the right decision for sure. But, so yeah, you, you know what happened after this. Yeah, so I get the text. Yeah, I, why did I think it was you? You couldn't text with your hands. Yeah, I got I the text or call from Sierra. She was like, hey, listen. So Garrison kind of fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> As he does. Yeah, which, we love you, but yes. <laughs> and she's like, how do you get Gorilla Glue off of your hands? And I was like, well, I'm pretty positive you have to like soak it in lemon juice, don't you? Or like an acidic base to help it like literally break off. She was like, yeah, I don't know. So I ran to the store, got two bottles of, like, straight lemon juice and, like, the the exfoliating like stone. The, the toast, like, the foot scrubbing yeah. stone to, like, scrub off calluses. And I, I shit you not, I brought over the biggest container I could find so we could, like, soak his hands in the lemon juice. And it, I fucking scrubbed your hands for at least like, an hour. It was like like an hour and a half. Yes. Like, like to do both hands it took that long. And then what <laughs> happened? Why don't you tell the I, class, uh, Garrison? So it turns out that <laughs> we uh we kind of fucked up the first application and I ended up getting gorilla glue on more than just the bottom of the caterpillar because my hands were so coated and uh then the top of the caterpillar became stiff because there was gorilla glue on it. And we realized that by pressing with our fingers, if a bird bit down, it wouldn't leave an indent. So I then, and keep in mind, this application process took like six and a half hours. I'm not counting breaks there. <laughs> like it literally, it literally was like six and a half hours. And then we would take like maybe a half hour break twice in that to like eat and drink water and like rethink all our life choices. <laughs> like, <laughs> And this time, uh, the second time through, I had less people to help me. I managed to rope my friend into it. Oh, was it Patrick or Ben? I think it was Patrick. I think Ben helped me the third time through. Because we did this run three times. Summer run, fall run, spring run. This was the summer run. I think it was Patrick. But uh, I was able to rope him into it to go for round two. And we took all of them down and reset 
all of them. And we didn't get Gorilla Glue on the top of the caterpillars this time, which was awesome. But it took like seven hours. It took longer than it did the last time. Like literally like we got there early morning, finished in the evening. And uh, although the caterpillars didn't get Gorilla Glue on them, my hands did. Again. <laughs> Again. Again. <laughs> so then I get the same conversation again <laughs> and we have no lemon juice so i had to go back to the freaking grocery store get more freaking lemon juice and scrub your fucking hands again so you like the when you walked in you didn't even say hello i didn't you I just so gave mad. me you just gave me like the most like mom look y- like <laughs> your mom just like so disappointed in you look <laughs> like I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know. I fucked up. Yeah, I'm pretty positive <laughs> I scrubbed your hands the second time almost in silence. Oh, yeah. It was a nasty combination, too, because that hand, like, you, we needed to scrub. I mean, she needed to scrub hard to yeah. get it off. I wasn't doing much scrubbing. It was like arm day for me. Yeah. Because <laughs> you need to scrub hard to get that stuff off. And because of that, like, the skin naturally would tear in some places. I know. I felt so, so like, bad. you get, like, micro cuts. Which would normally be fine if we weren't also soaking it in lemon juice. Yeah. So it was like this combination of having to scrub the hands like full force, getting like a bunch of little cuts, and it just being completely submerged in lemon juice. Yeah. So it's like, it was a fun time, but yeah. Definitely your fault. Definitely my fault. Self-inflicted 100%. For the uh, spring run, we got smart. And we started using little, um, I forget what they're called. They're these tiny little, like, micro nails. Essentially push pins, but just oh. like a, it looks like the shape of a nail, but it's like the size of a push pin. Oh, okay. Uh, wire brads, I think they're called. Sure. <laughs> but uh, we just would, like, push wire brads into the cater- clay caterpillar on one end with uh, pliers. And those held fine, even in stormy weather. So we perfected the process on the last round. But thank God. Thank God. You don't have to scrub your hands again in lemon juice. Yeah. That was a... Oh, God. So that's what I mean where it's like, <laughs> research is a lot of fun. It is. However, <laughs> there are multiple moments during the research process, and this happens to everyone I've talked to, where everyone's had that thought, do I really want to do this? Yeah. You know? Like, I... Uh, for that project, I also had to wake up, like, at, like, f- pretty much 4 a.m., every day for like a week straight and like i was like in like heavy classes i was an ra so there would just be a week where i was just averaging like four hours a night just which normally i can do four hours fine like a couple days in a row when you get to like a week straight with like four hour nights like sometimes like less you are just like gone like i have never been more short-tempered than that week (laughs) like but yeah it's I'm normally a pretty relaxed dude. But I yeah. can confirm. <laughs> my friends say my brain naturally produces THC. <laughs> so. I mean, yeah, that's pretty fair. That was, that was their explanation. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so it's, and every time I woke up and I would be freaking checking every single one of these hundreds of caterpillars with my little flashlight because it was dark out, you know, walking through seven spider webs in succession. Uh, and like Amazing. soaking every part of my body because all the dew and I was walking through like thick shrubbery. There were so many moments pretty much every time I woke up where I'm like, I do not want to do research ever again after this. I was like, I am, I'd love to teach. I'd love to have a show. 
or like maybe go for National Geographic. I'm not going to do Geo. research. Yeah. Contact us. <laughs> but uh, like ultimately it was rewarding enough and it's gave me some fun stories and some good experiences where I'm glad I did it. And I do plan on continuing with research. Yeah, now your hands are softer than ever. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, and like even though I jo- was joking about like giving my undergrads all the grunt work, I feel like I kind of want to like accompany them on some onset grunt work time and time. Yeah. Because that that is where a lot of like the bonding comes from, like with your lab partners and your research team. We love trauma bonding. Trauma bonding. It's <laughs> <laughs> literally what it is. I mean, yeah. That's why do you think band kids are so crazy and like so tight? It's because yeah. of all the trauma bonding from band camp. <laughs> yeah, literally RA training, same thing. Yeah. I get no. I got like no, no sleep. sleep. I no. passed out on the toilet during RA training. You did not. I did. Oh my that's god. That's how tired I was. <laughs> I mean, I nearly missed the session. I told you about how last season I did band. I had to get rushed to the walk-in because I was so dehydrated. And I drank two gallons of water that day. Oof. And I was still dehydrated enough where I almost passed out. But that's where you make the memories. Oh, yeah. Like, the next day I came back and I was like, guys, I feel great. And they're like, oh, my God, you lived. And I was like, I know. (laughs) Let's get back into it. Like, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Like, it it really did, like, create some good connections with with my staff, with my lab mates. And they're friends you're going to have forever, too. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, trauma bonding is great. Trauma bonding is great. Good <laughs> out of 10. I swear the RA, residence life and housing, literally their strategy, because they want you to be friends with your staff, because it yeah. makes it easier on them when people get along on staff. But uh, I swear their strategy is just to drain you completely, so that way you bond with your team. They break you down to build you up. And it works. It does. <laughs> I hate that it does. It does work, but yeah. Yeah wild stuff well any other research that you have uh right now i'm just working on my thesis looking at uh herbivory levels on oak trees uh compared to the patch size of the oak forest so essentially the way i normally boil it down is is the oak tree out in someone's backyard surrounded by lawn grass producing the same amount of uh like insect biomass as the oak tree out in a state park surrounded by other oak trees. So on a per oak tree level, per capita level, uh, are they just as productive as each other? Oh. So, and I'm quantifying insect levels by um, herbivory levels. So taking pictures of the canopy and uh, taking the insect damage and using that to quantify how much foliage has been turned into insect biomass. Mm-hmm. So. Well, that's really cool. Yeah. What about you, Haley? Any wrap-up? What you're working on now? Anything? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I still have that passion project in the background, but it's it's really unfortunate I can't do a whole lot with it right now because I can't access GIS yeah, the lab. Yeah, shut down. Yeah, so I haven't really done anything with it since, honestly, the start of COVID because I was even doing stuff for it occasionally throughout the winter and fall, just mm-hmm. trying to see if there was any new uh, data formats that were listed again on the... Um, for the database, I guess is the word I was looking that for. That sounds right. It has a universal database that okay. you can upload information to about anything. Open source? Yeah. Thank you. No oh problems. my God. <laughs> thank you. I was like, what is the word? Oh God. Yeah. Again, I suck at words. Um, speaking is hard. Speaking is so hard. I'm dyslexic, fun fact. And so a lot of the times I just say that I'm verbally dyslexic. It's a good, uh, it's a good excuse because God, it's, it's so cover. bad. 
I mean, it still doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I just tell myself it does. <laughs> I think it works. Are you saying that because you know me? <laughs> I'm saying I wouldn't challenge you on it. Like, if, if you said it and I didn't know you, I wouldn't be like, um, actually, uh... <laughs> reading issue uh not a uh speaking one like i'm not like i feel like no one's gonna like challenge you on that they'll probably just take it and be like oh yeah if anything they'll look at me like i have five heads and you know what that's fine that's okay that's okay we can deal with that people do that already it's yeah. fine <laughs> but yeah coveted sciences uh or at least undergrad i know a lot of a lot of uh, peers also got hit hard with that yeah. I was supposed to be working at a USDA lab this semester, or this no. year, Yeah, on uh, some biocontrol work with soybean aphid. That makes me so yeah. sad. Which, like, it would have been great because it would have been government experience, which yeah. is nice, and also it would have been some uh, experience in the agricultural side of things, because mm-hmm. I've been trying to round myself out with that, because I've been really full ecology, not really much in the ag world, hmm. but... uh. Odds are I'm probably doing, it looks like I'll probably be doing my master's in the ag world. So tying like ecology to agriculture. So should be getting that experience anyway, just a little delayed. Well, that's fair. Yeah. You'll get there. So hopefully. Yeah. (laughs) I'm manifesting it for you. (laughs) I'm manifesting it. Always. (laughs) Well, yeah, I think that's, do you have anything, any other? No, not really. Uh, Yeah, that's about it for me. All right, yeah, so there you go. You got to hear about our different researches. Researches? Researches. You heard here first, folks. Our different research projects. <laughs> Jesus. I'm going to get off. <laughs> okay, bye. Yes. starting or am i starting there it is okay yeah ah there it is that's wow, it what okay. that's all i hate that okay wow i'm glad we cleared that up I'm glad we cleared that up and for, we're still confused oh, <laughs> <laughs> um i got wing punched by one for my subway sandwich what yeah um actually uh <laughs> really wow wait anyways um, so anyway research